Do you hold ETH but don't know what to do with it? Want to earn those juicy liquid staking derivative yields but don't know where to start? Well, Frax ETH is there for you. Frax ETH is Frax's native LSD solution, allowing you to earn boosted yields in multiple ways on your ETH. If you want to get started, go to app.frax.finance and turn your ETH into Frax ETH today. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Flywheel. I'm your host, DeFi Dave, here with Capital K. We are doing a special edition from Token 2049, and I am here with Dan from Pendle. Uh, he is the head of growth. Uh, we actually met earlier during the week. We met during uh, yeah. the DWF event. Um, and yeah, that was a good event. There's been so many events. How has your week been so far? It's been pretty good, uh, pretty exciting. I think pretty much the whole world is coming to Singapore now, Token uh, 2049, and you get to meet a lot of cool people that you just talk on Twitter and a uh, bunch of DMs, and they're, seeing them in person just makes a very big difference. Yeah, I always say, you know, you get to see the person behind the PFP. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, a, it's a really magical moment. Yeah, a bunch um, of NFT profiles and you get to see them and realize some of them look like the NFT profiles, some of them are just different, but it's been pretty interesting so far. Let's be real, 90% do not look like they're NFT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's funny, like I see people with anime uh, profile pictures and they end up being the most Chad. The most, it's just like they happen just to be huge weaves. Yeah. But like, they're just incredibly Chad. Yeah, it's quite a few of them. Yeah. What has been your biggest takeaway so far from Token 2049? Uh, well, I think the biggest highlight is how different it is from last year. I was in Token 2049 last year as well, but um, the vibrance is very different. It's much more vibrant today. There's a lot more people. There's a lot more things going on. Um, people are more enthusiastic, I would say, even though we're still in the same bear market. But it's just uh, the enthusiasm is much more real. And the side events as well. Last year, I think it was about 200. Now it's about f- close to 500, I think, side events uh, just this week alone. Just pretty insane to see. Wow, there's hope in the air, guys. There's deep in the bear, but there's hope in the air. It's it's hard for me to believe there's so many side events because, like, I think we each have our own circles and kind of, like, our own scenes that we're exposed to. And, like, you walk into the conference and there's all these different booths. There's all these different people walking around. I'm just like, you got to forget how big crypto is, you know? Yeah, so um, just... I mean, the diversity of people, people in just NFTs and GameFi, you have DeFi, you have a bunch of different people that you've never been exposed to and they're pretty big in their own field i met yeah. a couple i met a quite a couple of them just yeah just in general just learn a lot with from from these people and also well, we can see money flowing in because i mean the, just number of events that is being hosted here yeah people are still pouring money into uh, into these events yeah even in a bear people are pouring money into these events i think that's what makes this bear different than last bear last bear is like dark and pure despair but this bear you have you know okx closing party at marquee and you know were you there no i wasn't there it was a pretty epic event it was it was, yeah, it was a pretty epic yeah. Event. yeah i there's arthur hayes party at santosa it's like yeah it's pretty wild oh yeah the arthur hayes mansion party that got shut down by cops and people were just crawling over climbing over the yeah, fence and stuff yeah i had a buddy who literally told me that there's a secret entrance if you walk like 10 meters this way and then turn right here and left there and crawl through a hole, you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, I just been doing karaoke this whole time. Do you have like super karaoke rooms in Singapore? I feel like I feel like I'm in 2049 in these karaoke rooms. I swear. Yeah, there are a lot of them, like big rooms, big rooms, insane lightings. Yeah, yeah, it puts America to shame. <laughs> yeah, but but anyways, um, enough about Token 2049. Let's get into Pendle. Um, so. You know, for the listeners at home, 
uh, that may not be familiar, uh, what is Pendle and why is it important? Sure. Uh, to put it simply, Pendle is a yield trading protocol. Now, there's a bunch of yield strategies that you can do on Pendle, but I think we'll keep it simple. You can either get fixed yield, or you can trade yield, or you can lever up your yield exposure. And finally, you can just stack yield on top of your existing yield bearing asset if you just want extra yield without the hassle. I think that's a good TLDR on what Pendle does. And so how does it work? So um, it's rather complicated uh, behind the scenes, but what we do is we strip away the interest bearing portion of a yield bearing asset. I think it's better for me to use an analogy. So imagine a rental property, you can split away the rental portion away from the ownership of the house. So for example, you own a house, you, rent, you want to rent it away and you need an immediate funds, but rental, rental fees only come in you know, every month. What you can do is you sell this right to receive the rent away to someone else and someone else receives the rent and you can just get that amount of cash immediately. But the thing is, if rent goes up throughout the period and then you're basically losing out on the gains and the rent goes down during the period, oh, you, you gain money because you already sold, sold the rent position. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a brief TLD I want to do. But instead of renting and housing, extend it to any yield-bearing asset. Yield from STETH, yield from LP tokens, yield from... SDI bonds and pretty much anything. The concept is not foreign in, def- uh, in traditional finance. Uh, it's basically interest rate derivatives um, or it's very commonly used in uh, bonds where they strip away the coupon from a uh, coupon bond. And yeah, it's not a strange uh, concept, I would say. Yeah, Dan, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the uh, risk that, about using Pendo and how you know you kind of lock in a rate and if it goes up, you lose out on the upside. But could you walk me through like more of these risk scenarios, uh, particularly what would the worst case for a user look like on chain? Uh, on Pendo, the worst case for the worst thing that could happen, I would say, well, let's say you buy a yield position on a yield bearing asset. Let's say we have, oh, this actually happened before. The LP tokens from Balancer. You buy, you you figure that, okay, the swap fees in this pool is gonna be high. I think there's gonna be high volatility. So I load up a lot of this yield bearing position. What, what assets are in this Balancer pool? Let's walk through uh, that first. There's quite a, there's, uh, quite a few assets provided on Pendle. Okay. I can't really say on top of my head. There's a Rocket Pool, uh, Rocket Pool LPs, there's the ETHX LPs and a bunch of okay. pools on Balancer that were supported back then. Oh, so. Uh, one versus if you buy the yield position of this pool, thinking that, okay, it's going to be high volatility, but then all of a sudden, the balancer team decides to migrate this to a new pool, which means the yield position from the old pool is going to go to zero because no one's going to swap in that pool. Now, that's a big risk, which means the cost that you pay to buy the yield position won't be covered by the yield receivables. So yeah, I think that's a big, that's a bigger, that's a bigger risk. I think another another uh, example would be maybe uh, as a, uh, like Stargate, Stargate USDT, they're looking to migrate to a new pool as well. So yeah, if you're holding a yield bearing position, that's a risk for you. But also, it's a gain on the app on the on the other side for people who sell the yield away, thinking that oh, I think that they're gonna migrate soon. I think this yield bearing position is gonna be in zero in the near term. I can sell this yield position away and I'll just like lock in these rates um, straight away. So that's a use case. So isn't there an issue then becomes like almost maturity mismatch, right? Because I had signed up for the yield for this specific balancer pool for X number of months, but out of nowhere, balancer tweets out saying, hey guys, we're migrating and I'm only like a month in yeah. to, to my duration. Like, so I'm pretty much stuck holding the bag until the end or, or how does that work? Yes, uh, exactly. I, th- I think you're right. You're stuck holding the bag until the end. I think a good analogy you want to draw in traditional finance is counterparty risk. Um, if you have an interest rate swap agreement with another party and another party can default on its obligation, you're stuck holding it until maturity. And I think that's that's the whole point. We're just democratizing it to every asset in DeFi. 
So yeah, I think it's just, it's the same idea as traditional finance. Got it. But then at maturity, you get your assets back, or or how how does that work? And so there are two part, the two parts to it, right? Like when I mentioned, there's the yield position we call white T, mm-hmm. and then there's the principal position. There's a principal money that you right. put in, right? So we call the principal token PT. Now YT, obviously the yield part goes to zero at maturity. So when price declines, but as as the price declines, you receive the yield from the underlying. But the principal token side is basically the ownership of the underlying. Like what I mentioned, is that a rental example? At maturity, this the value of the rental property will be the house itself because at maturity, that rental position that you keep for someone else is no longer there. So you hold the right to the house and you hold the right, right to the rental income. Now, both of those combined is the house property, which means that the principal position of the, um, the, the your principal position will be redeemable for the underlying itself. In for with an example, your PT ST ETH will be redeemable for ST ETH, and your PT whatever is going to be redeemable whatever. Now, uh, if balancer migrates in this case, well, the migration only causes that the causes the yield to disappear, but the LP position is still there, so your fixed yield is still guaranteed until the end, unless balancer decides to shut down the pool, which I don't think is possible contract wise. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, how much volume um, do you find in your pendo markets? Um, daily, we're seeing about 1 to 1.5 mil now. Uh, I think we're currently close to 190 mil um, at the moment. Kimball training volume since uh, January, December. Yeah, and then TVL, we're currently at about 150 mil. And what would you say is the profile of your users and how big is your user base at the current moment? Yeah, so we do track a lot of our users and uh, notice some interesting profiles. So mainly people who use our app are DeFi pros. Uh, the, the addresses that we stock are act- actively uses Pendle, have used other complicated protocols as well. They have either traded options or they've done pretty complex strategies with money markets and uh, all around. So I would say these people are pretty DeFi savvy. Um, those are the traders, but on the LPs, they're pretty diverse of people. You have people who just want to hear the farm. You're just people who just have done Uniswap before and all of a sudden tried Pendle. Um, yeah, it's pretty diverse background in the LPs. But for traders, I think those are pretty, um, you know, pretty sophisticated people. But then again, uh, we are targeting a lot of institutions now. So we tried to stop the addresses to, um, you know, who uses Pendle. And we figured that about 20% of our entire TVL, we can confirm is from uh, institutions. But those are the addresses that we can't confirm. There are still a lot of funds that we figure that this might be institutions, but they're um, anonymous. So yeah, my hunch is, I don't know, somewhere between 40 to 50. Mm-hmm. At least, um, but yeah, I I would say the bulk of our users are pretty sophisticated war institutions. Well, I'm glad you brought up the users because I want you to walk me through the different user journeys for like a average Joe Minter to say a super sophisticated hedge fund trying to hedge away some you know rate risk. Sure. I think the first part will be pretty, uh, pretty simple, but I think the second part uh, uh, regarding the complicated one might be a little bit too much for the context of this uh, recording. Oh, but, it's okay, Dan. I'm stopped you there. On Flywheel, we go deep. So, so deep. Yeah, we really <laughs> do go deep. Like if, if, and the, our audience actually managed to keep up, and that's why we, we want to ask these deep questions for them to truly understand the product holistically and deeply. All right, sure. Uh, just give me a while here to, yes. to explain the, pro- the difference in products. So on Pendle, we have two sets of product, Pendle Earn and Pendle Trade. Now, these two products run on the exact same contracts. Now, like I want to mention previously, Pendle is rather complicated. So what we did is we create a different set of user interface called Pendle Earn, where what you do in Pendle Earn is simply either get fixed yield 
or LP and that you will be volatile, of course. Now, it's a very simple user interface where you just go in and you immediately know what to do and you don't have to know whatever happens behind the scenes. But again, they run on the exact same set of contracts. Um, so that's the gist of it. So the average show coming into Pendle can go to Pendle.finance and you'll be redirected to our earn page and you can just simply buy any tokens at a, uh, for a fixed rate, for a fixed rate yield position, or you can LP for you know higher higher yields. And note that LP on Pendle has no permanent loss because um, there's a bunch of mechanics you can look at it uh, in the docs, but the whole idea is that the LP position is similar to Curve, where the two assets are pretty much pegged to one another. So that's a whole, that's a whole gist. And if you LP to almost, uh, we did a study on uh, our LP, the highest LP ever measured on Pendle was 0.85%. That is if you LP at the most wrong time and you exit at the most wrong time, the 0.85%. That's uh, better than most curve pools, I would say. Oh, I see. So, so the, the IL at that moment will be 0.85 yes. when you take out the assets. Yes, okay. that's the highest IL ever observed uh, based on our study uh, in all of our assets uh, on Pendle. Got it. Now, so that's what the average show would do on Pendle. Right. It's got to get fixed yield or LP for more yield. Right. The other side of the coin is Pendle trade. Now, wait, 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 before we get to Pendle trade, yes. let me just quickly summarize it for, for the listeners. So on Pendle Earn, the way yep. I see it is that the users could buy assets effectively at a discount because yep. there's a baked in uh, zero coupon bond effectively. Yes. And it would, at maturity, right, these things are uh, literally buy and hold instruments, yes. right? You buy it, you hold it, and at maturity, let's say you bought USDC uh, you know, or uh, Stargate USDC at 0.95 cents. And then at maturity, it will be worth a dollar. So you effectively locked in that 5%. Now, there's also another element of Pendle Earn is when you LP and you have to put in the Stargate USDC paired with vanilla USDC, correct? Or yes. SYUSDC? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So effectively, just for simplicity's sakes, those are the two products in there. And now people who wants to buy a fixed rate position, they will buy this discounted uh, Stargate USDC. They'll obviously have to pay with U vanilla USDC. Or if you want to sell your fixed rate USDC before term, then you have to obviously go in there, swap it out, and you always take a hit. And what Dan said earlier about having the worst case scenario that he's seen is that it hits a 0 0.85, meaning you got 85 cents on the dollar because you entered and exited at the worst time possible. 0 0.85 percent loss. Percent loss. Oh, I see. So I see. that was the highest IL in LPS ever observed. So uh -huh. I mean, getting up is zero IL. It's less than one percent of IL. If you compare it to liquid liquidity position and Uniswap, I will say most people get wrecked by IL. Uh, but then on Pendle, because the assets are so packed, right. uh, the highest IL observed because of some minor fluctuations was 0.85%. So it's 0.00. I see, 0.85%. Yes. Oh, okay, guys, there is, that's 85 bips for everybody yes. else listening. Yes. Okay, good clarification. So the worst case is 0 0.85, 85 bips. That is phenomenal. Okay, now let's talk about Pendle trade, the more common. I, I, have, one, oh. I have one question. So is your, like, Stable swap curve the same as curves, or is D use like a different one, different invariant curve? It's different. Um, our AMM. Okay, I this is sidetrack a little. Uh, again, it's more into diving into mechanics already. But then how how our AMM works, or rather why we approach the AMM design is that there are uh two things that we need to solve here. Um, first one is that there is a concept called maturity. 
in Pendle because these assets can't last forever. You can't create a yield token that lasts forever, mm-hmm. which means the principal principal holders just get left in the dust. Right. Now, which means that this token has to have a maturity, which also and then comes a second problem. If you have a concept of maturity, your yield your your principal token approaches mature, uh, approaches the underlying price over time. Just like how a zero coupon bond approaches par value and maturity. So we needed to create an AMM that dictates this price movement even without any swaps happening. So mm-hmm. on Uniswap, for example, the only way a price of a token can change is that the swap happens. The thing on Pendle is that if you we need to dictate the price of the asset to move upwards, even if there's no swap happening, because that's a natural behavior of the asset. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do that, that causes a degree of IL for users. Why? Because if they don't approach maturity and your price doesn't go up, someone else has to arbitrage the price, price up. Now, who do you arbitrage it from? Which the LPs. That is what causes impermanent loss. Which means we need to design the AMM from the ground up in the sense that, okay, we need to uh, move the AMM curve uh, as time passes. So that's the first challenge. So we created that AMM um, based on some uh, mathematical models uh, derived from traditional finance. Um, you, can ha- you can look at it in a white paper on how we uh, derive the uh, AMM price movement. So that's the first part. And the second part is, okay, we realized that yield is less volatile than spot price. Well, ETH can go to $100 or can go to 10000 next year. But I, would, I mean, you, you and I both know that STETH yield Cannot go to like hundred percent. Right. Uh, it will sustain around I don't know, three to six percent probably. Knowing that yield percentage, we can then concentrate our liquidity to just be able to trade the percentage of that yield percentage. Now, so this that's basically what we're doing. We're concentrating liquidity into that yield range. Uh, that's where the curve esque um, uh, model comes in because what curve does is basically you know stablecoin trades. Uh, let's say USDC to USDT won't go beyond under 1.05. And if, if it does happen, it's DPEG and LPs to get right. Um, so the whole idea is that you know, they can concert liquidity to, I don't know, 1.01 to 0.9999. For example, that's the yield range. Pendle is the same thing. We concert liquidity into a yield range because we are a yield trading protocol. So that's kind of, uh, in the, roughly speaking, how uh, that works. Got it. So basically, because there's less volatility, in the yield percentage as compared to just a normal spot asset, you're, you're able to customize the curve to be much more concentrated. Yes. Okay. Understood. Let's go, we can go to Pendle Trade that. Let's go to Pendle Trade. Okay. So, uh, Pendle Trade is similar to Pendle V1. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we launched Pendle V2 in, uh, December of 2022, but Pendle V1 launched in like May or June of 2021. So we're, we've been around for quite a while. Um, so Pendle Trade is where the full Pendle suite is offered where you can trade yields of any yield-bearing asset. Now, going back to the first question, what can users do on Pendle? Anything you can think of with yield, I think will be likely possible on Pendle. First of all, you want to get fixed yield. You get you can, you can get fixed yield by buying the principal token. If you think the yield of a particular yield-bearing asset is going to go up, you buy the yield position of that yield-bearing asset. Now, that's the basic gist of things, right? But then you can go even deeper into it. So for example, you want to get a delta neutral fixed yield. How do you want to do that? Okay, so for counter delta neutrals, basically you don't, you're not exposed to price risk. Um, so you're going to do that is you buy the principal token on Pendle of STE. That means you're getting fixed yield on STE. 
but you're still expo exposed to the price volatility of STEs. Now, what you can do is you can short the equivalent amount somewhere else for, um, you know, to, to hedge your price risk from STE and now you're getting fixed yield from your PTSTE. You can also uh, do the same thing for YT position, which is levering up your yield position. But if you don't want to be exposed to the price risk, you can short it somewhere else as well. Now, the thing is, we are trying to grow our PT ecosystem as well, uh, meaning we're trying to get it accepted as collateral in more money markets, getting in more ecosystem. So what you can do right now is you can get your PT and put as collateral to borrow some other assets. Basically, while you're holding that zero coupon bond of a Pendle asset, um, you can take that, free up that fund away and borrow something else and to do, to do other things, which is what most people in traditional finance do. I mean, the whole ent entire collapse of SVB is because they hold so much of the treasury bonds and over leverage it. And when the treasury bond price went down because yield, yield rates went up, they couldn't repay it. I mean, that's, that's an unfortunate situation, of course, because they got liquidated. But the whole idea is there where you can free up your principal position of any yield bearing asset. And there's obviously more that I can run, I can talk about, uh, but I think it'll, it'll be liquidated way Liquidated by Uncle Sam. Liquidated by Uncle Sam. And pull the rug. Yeah, and um, you mentioned earlier about, you know, V1 and V2. I've been obviously following you guys from the very, very early days. And Thanks. I was actually looking at, you know, Element Phi and Wine APY, oh. APY at the same time. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, right? These are OG names. and. You know, I noticed that in V1, it, there wasn't much traction coming from the, the Pendo side of things, right? And then out of nowhere, V2 enters. And then I felt like at that inflection moment, everything changed for you guys. Could you take us back in time and talk about what happened then? It was been a while ago since I covered this, because this was usually the topic that we talk about when we launched V2. <laughs> when V2. <laughs> that was, uh, okay, so... Again, we launched V1 in May, and then uh, it was pretty decent traction until we launched uh, on Avalanche in November, December of 2021. That was when the Snowcoin era was uh, really booming, all the snow protocols. It's yeah. been a while. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we supported Wonderland, and then that was the first time we saw really strong traction on Pendle. Because imagine Wonderland gives like four or five digit APY right. and you can lock in that rate Comments. or you can leverage up on that rate if you think the rate's gonna go up. So again, people start coming in and it's like, oh my God, someone got a million percentage APY on Pendle. Like, how do they do that? And then, okay, so people start learning about Pendle. And this one, we, start, we started to see, okay, this is a strong use case for us. Then we went back to the drawing board, uh, figured product, what's wrong with the product. And okay, we started tweaking a little bit. But I think come down to a few things. First of all, our tokenomics was upgraded into VE Pendle. Mm -hmm. That's when you know other protocols are coming in. Hey, we want our assets. Well, we want our assets to have more utility. Let's support Pendle on. Uh, let's support our assets on Pendle so we, we can get our assets to have more utility. And they started getting VE Pendle and then to vote for themselves and yada yada. It's basically the VE VE curve uh, style ecosystem that we're trying to build. So that's one thing that we changed. The other thing is the product wise. Um, it's a big change in the product. We used to have YTPT tokens traded separately on two different AMMs mm -hmm. because they're two different assets. Mm -hmm. Then we figured that, well, they are, PT and YT are both set of the same coin, so there should be a way for us to use one liquidity to trade these two assets. So that's, that's what we did. Uh, PT and YT now trade on the same pool, so that's even more concentrated. They realized that yield range is concentrated. That's why not? Why do we concentrate liquidity there? Also, thanks to Univ3 back then to make to you know who pioneer not I wouldn't say pioneer but like popularized the idea of concentrated liquidity. Then we realized that okay, we can concentrate liquidity into a certain yield range. Why don't we do that? And that's what we did. Um, 
And then, yeah, we also ramp up our marketing efforts uh, after we launched V2. It was a very painful 2022 when we were building. You started to see loyal community members start leaving mm-hmm. as, you, yeah. as you don't say things. Yeah, but then, uh, yeah, fast forward to 2022, um, it's pretty much uh, here we are trying to grow the different verticals that uh, we have. Did you say there was a million percentage APY on uh, Wonderland back in the day at that peak? Yeah, I mean, you can do that on Pendle. You can easy to do that. Yeah, it's pretty easy to do that. I mean, even yeah. right even right now, uh, if you go on SDI, you can get like, I don't know, 40-something, 50% APY, oh, assuming they don't drop the yield from SDI. Yeah. So it is possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're telling me when Strax comes out with 10% yield, you can get 100% yield on stables. Well, assuming how the, how, depending on the market, how the market behaves. And yeah, yeah this, this should be an opportunity for um, you to get these numbers uh, on Pendle. Um, back then, we tried out some pretty absurd numbers because I, w- I would say market wasn't as efficient uh, a, few, a few months ago. Then people still rock. They didn't have much idea what they were doing on Pendle. So you can see like, I don't know, a million percent APY on GLP, on Pendle. And then we were tweeting heavily about it. I was like, hi, we're doing this. And then why are you not doing it? And then we actually showed the transactions of the of what we were doing. And then like, yeah, we're actually getting that yield. Like, why are you not doing it? And then, yeah, and then people started coming in. People started learning about us. And then um, things started becoming, markets started becoming more efficient. Mm-hmm. That opportunity is no longer there, but you can still get a pretty decent amount if you know what you're doing on Pendle. And... I mean, obviously talking about these crazy nose bleeding APYs, I just have to be the sourpuss in the room and ask you, what are some risks when you start getting into these million thousands percent APYs? Yeah, like, like what you mentioned previously, if the yield that you bought actually dropped and then you can't, you can't cover the cost that you bought that yield position for, you're losing money. Um, so in GLP's case, back then it was hovering around 20%. And then people were people were people were locking fixed rate there, which drove the yield position on Pendle up to like I don't know ten percent. If you're buying that thing for ten percent, but you're actually receiving twenty percent, that's actually hundred percent yield. Just double your money. Right. Um. So that was what's happening. So like, oh, people thinking it was gonna stay at twenty percent, so people started racking up the yield position, and GMX announced V two, and then then uh. GLP yield basically dropped because a bunch of the volume from GLP V uh, GMX V one went to the GM pools in GMX V two, so the yield in GLP dropped. Well, that also in turn causes, um, you know, the people who bought that yield position back then they were receiving, of course, 100% APY, but ever since they migrated, if you didn't exit that yield position in time, well, you're left holding that yield position, which is uh, receiving another 10% yield, but you're still not losing money if they're, they're still giving out 10% right now. But then uh, if they give it, if their yield drops even further, you'll start not being able to cover your, you know, the price that you paid for the yield position. And I think it's important to cover this price that you paid because I think what the biggest unlock aside from VE Pendo and all the other things that came with the VE V2 is flash swapping. Combining yes. YT and PT into yeah. one pool is a very large unlock. Yes. Uh, because I, you know, as I saw with all the other YT PT tokenomics, YT always, like, it fragments liquidity across the board for every protocol. Because YT and PT are, again, two sides of the same coin. They should have been in one pool, yes. but yet nobody had to unlock. So please tell the user, uh, tell the listeners, what is flash swapping and why was it such a big deal? Okay, so the whole idea of PTYT is that, again, like back to the rental example that I mentioned previously, a house consists of two parts. The right to own the house, which is the principle of the house, and the right to receive the rent of the house. If you split the two, let's say 
the, the, the rental position within two years is about $100,000. And the principle of the house is $900,000. The price of the house is a million dollars, right? You can split the two. Now, knowing that PTYT can be merged back into the underlying asset or split back again into PTYT, now we can make use of that equation. So if you are, let's say, our AMM is a PT AMM. There's no YT AMM out there. So YT, trading YT uses flash swaps. What happens is if you buy, so if you are selling white, so if you're buying YT, you're basically getting, you're holding YT. And that is also the same thing as I mint PT and YT, but I sell the PT away. You're also getting YT. Now, with that, with that equation in mind, we realize that, okay, so if I'm gonna buy YT, I don't have to have a YT AMM. Uh, what I can do, I can just mint PTYT for you. I can sell the YT, I can sell the PT away through our PT AMM. And give you the YT and you and you end up holding YT anyway. Note that the swap only happens in PT side, but then uh, you're still receiving YT in the end. Now on our app, it feels like as if you're interacting with the YT AMM, but what happens behind the scene is like we're solving PT, um, PT for you. So that's the gist of flash swaps. Well, selling YT is just basically the reverse of uh, buying buying uh, buying YT. So note that if you're buying YT, it's equivalent to selling PT. Then if you're selling YT, it's equivalent to buying PT. And then again, uh, like what I mentioned, uh, PT and YT sums up to the underlying. If, white, uh, if the rental position is $100,000, the principal position is $900,000, the house is a million dollars. Now, if the rental goes up, which means the rental position is up $200,000, for example, your principal, your uh, ownership of the house goes to $800,000. Now, again, if YT price goes up, PT price goes down, again, they both have inverse, inverse relation in um, their pricing. Which also means that if you buy YT, it's equivalent to selling PT. If YT price goes up, PT price goes down. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can uh, look at it and then realize that they are both at the same coin. So yeah, that's pretty much how we um, figured that, okay, let's uh, figure out a way to concentrate liquidity into one AMM. And that's what we did for PTYT. Um, so Hendo, it's a complicated product. It's very complicated. It's, it's people that are intermediate to advance in DeFi. Um, and there's like a this trend of complicated products coming to DeFi. It's only natural as people find more ways to find capital efficiency and maximize their yield. Um, do you have any advice to founders with complicated DeFi Legos on how to go to market and how to message these type of products to users? Yeah, um, I would say really abstract away the complicated part into simple terms and simple UI. So again, like what we mentioned, Pendle, I would say, honestly speaking, I don't think Pendle is that complicated. I think options are more complicated. It's just that the education for options mm -hmm. is so widespread available, mm -hmm. but then the education for interest rate trading is not there. So we have to build the entire yep. education stack ourselves, um, which comes down to what I would suggest, have some big education stack ready. Uh, we invest heavily our resources on just building our educational resource. We have a learn page in the app itself where you can just learn on how to trade yield. But I think beyond that, you're only going to attract people who are willing to learn and willing to explore your education page and basically try to make it as simple as possible. What about the people who are not willing to learn? Or people who are just the average Joe come in to just get yield? I think that's where, that's where you can have a separate UI coming in. That's what we did. So we built a separate UI called Pendle Earn where, um, that's where we can provide just fixed yield or LP in just one simple click. And you don't even need to have the assets required to LP. We'll just route it to one inch for you. Right, you zap to it. Yeah, so we just route it to the, an aggregator for you. We zap it to you, we zap it for you. So that's, I think, one, one thing that helped us out a lot. Even though the app is very complicated, 
you can create a very simple UI for not, you don't have to cover all the use case of your complicated uh, app. Like in our case, we just help users buy PT and we don't even talk about the word PT in a simple UI. We just said it's a fixed yield fault. Whereas what you're actually doing is you're buying PT behind the scenes. Now that I think helped us out a lot in trying to get the retail, you know, more normie people to get to use Pendle. Yeah, so in short, um, the education stack you're saying is you got to dictate it for two types of users, ones who are eager to learn and want to learn, and you give them all of the all the curriculum, the full walkthrough guides and yes. the how-tos. And you, well, frankly, those, peop- those users are rewarded because they get to figure out the high-yield strategies and they really get you know paid for their education. Exactly. Then on the other side, you have the apes who just want to ape. And then you literally created another UI product for those guys. Yes. Because you know they would never click on that learn tab. Exactly. And they would just go to the earn tab yeah. and just do it there. Okay. So the advice is to build two user journeys for each of those specific user types. Well, that's how we approach it. I'm not sure if that, if that advice I would give to all <laughs> protocols. But yeah, it has been a pretty uh, interesting journey for us. But I think what's more interesting for Pendle Earn is that it serves as a proxy for us to pitch to centralized parties mm-hmm. to uh, provide fixed yield on their behalf. So recently, we integrated with OKX Wallet, actually, uh, where you know, OKX Wallet, can, you can get fixed yield from OKX Wallet. What happens behind the scenes is they actually buy Pendle PT uh, behind the scenes. But what's interesting about Pendle Earn is that it makes things very easy to explain. It's like, oh, we have an Earn product as well. It's on-chain. The yield comes from no on-chain products like STE. You don't have to wonder where the yield comes from, like Celsius. Um, and then why don't you integrate our DeFi product on your uh, on your platform? Because we can offer higher yields than, than you because we're basically building DeFi and building STE. Why don't you do it? And yeah, that's one thing that we're focusing as well, just growing the Pendle Earn ecosystem into other Earn products. Similar to how I would say KuCoin uses, was it Gemini? Uh, no, Gemini was using Gemini. Celsius. Gemini yeah. was using Celsius Gen- back then. Is in Genesis. Oh, was it Genesis? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, one, one of one of the text labs. One of various things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, back then, I mean, again, decentralized parties you don't know where the yield comes from. Yeah. But on Pendle, I mean, it just comes from STE, but split into two parts. The fixed yield is there, so it's very transparent. Then, if anyone wants to integrate it, uh, we have all the pretty much all the APIs ready for them to integrate. So that's another part of the second purpose of the second UI. It's very easy to explain to mm-hmm. other party systems. Yeah, we were at the OKX office the other day. They've been doing a huge push towards DeFi in the world on chain with the wallet that they built. Yeah. Beautiful wallet. Beautiful wallet. Uh, they were talking about, uh, you know, integrating account abstraction. Uh, they, didn't they say like Vitalik was in their office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They totally did. Yeah, they totally did. Like, That's right. They, they totally did. And I think it's so bullish because OKX has such a large audience mm-hmm. and that if they are the first kind of gateway into, um, you know, excuse my language, but the virgin experience into DeFi, it's going to be a very nice and smooth experience. I think that's a requirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah the one interface so simple. I mean, you don't have to, rem- I mean, it's giving you the 12 C passphrase and then telling you to remember that and a whole onboarding experience for typical wallets is extremely daunting. Mm-hmm. I think these people trying to solve this issue, I think it's a very big push for the industry, I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, also getting your project integrated with them, I think it's also a big push just to introduce DeFi to users without them actually knowing they're using DeFi. That's, I think, a big big step in the industry. Also, this transparency in DeFi is so clear. You can look at everything on chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so whatever you do is very clear. And um, speaking of 
the earned product is so simple is because the underlying works so beautifully. And it works so beautifully because you guys are able to attract a ton of liquidity. And could you quickly talk to us, how are you incentivizing people to come LP into these pools and provide the liquidity? A big part of it, I would say, is try to get the message across. Even until today, I don't think we still nailed it out perfectly that LP on Pendle has no IL. Um, again, if you have STE, a lot of people have STE. Why don't just park it on the Pendle? You're still earning that STE yield. On top of that, you're using that STE yield for swap fees on Pendle. It's just like how if you're holding stable coins like USDC or DAI, you didn't just hold it, you put it on Curve. There's extra 3% yield for you and you're just holding that same stable coin same thing for pendle any yield bearing asset that you have you just hold it for the sake of holding spark on the pendle that message i don't think we've really pushed it across very well yet maybe it's just because we haven't been around for too long the lindy effect is not there yet but um yeah that was just one thing that we're still trying to do but again to your to your question i think it's something that users appreciate as well that's why they come in and provide liquidity on the pendle because if you're just holding ST, i just park it onto pendle which is why institutions and bigger monies are pretty interested in us. Um, that's one. Um, and I'll say, just make sure get 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 my get to get our audit reports right and all all for education stack on uh, LPing right is what uh, what we what we're trying to do. And you guys also offer liquidity incentives, right, on top of everything else. And yes. that was a nice tie into your new VE tokenomics. So yes. could you kind of walk us through that? So VE Pendle is inspired by VE Curve. It's the well i would say the tokenomic that works for for protocols that have they can draw interest from other protocols to get their asset listed so balancer i think is one of them uh curve is another one i think pendle is another one but i don't think it applies for all, all protocols but the whole idea is that you lock pendle for ve pendle the longer you lock the more ve pendle you get what does ve pendle give you three things the right to vote for a pool the right to receive dividends of the of, of a protocol and uh what's, 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 what's Boost. yeah boosting yeah sorry uh boosting your rewards for lps now uh these all these three verticals can you know uh if you're familiar with curve you'll be familiar with all three of them boosting you can get you can build convex on top of it you can build your yield boosters and everything your your votes uh you can build like driving markets on top of it and people start accumulating your token to vote for their own pools that's one thing that's interesting and then the final final part is just like you know just getting yield from the um protocol fees but we did tweak a little bit from the original curve model um, where if you vote for a pool, you actually receive 80% of the swap fees of the pool that's inspired by the VE33 model. The reason being, we don't want toxic liquidity on Pendle. We want pools that have high yields, have more votes. And then this is, I think, especially useful for protocols that are not looking to vote at all. So for example, you have a DAI pool, Maker is not going to get your token and vote for it instead of your own pool. Because they they were just so big, they they wouldn't care about yeah. handles supporting their asset. But the thing is, because it's because so many people trade that pool, the yield just to vote for that pool is so high that all V panel voters just naturally vote to that pool, which means pools that generate fees, give more gives more incentives, turns deeper liquidity, which you know handles more 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 swaps and more fees for us again. You know this flywheel, I think, is something that we see works because our highest. Uh, pools are our highest voted pools are GLP, STE, and SDI, uh, and Swell. But Swell is voted for, uh, voted by by the Swell team. But then the, the the other three our three highest voted pools are, you know, uh, organic votes from people who just want to get swap fees from this pool. So yeah, I think we kind of see that um, working a little here. 
Yeah, because when I first saw your your docs and reading the VE, uh, you know, tokenomics part, I was like, wow, these guys learned from the best and they just adopted the best pieces of our product because obviously Frax also have a VE FXS element to it. Yeah. Um, But I noticed that you guys gave 80% of the LP trading fees away to VE handle holders. But that literally comes at the cost of all the LPs, right? They get incentives. If you think about it, uh, the amount of swap fees that a protocol that a pool can generate is definitely less than the amount of emission emitted from sure. those to that pool. So they, in turn, they're actually getting more. Sure. So yeah. effectively, the L, the um, LP providers are actually making a trade between receiving the swap fees, which are paid in the native asset of whether it be Steph or you know a, a PT Steph, for handle instead. Yes, uh, for few handle holders, I would say. Oh, so for Pendle token, oh yeah, for, for, yeah, token. Yeah, token. Sorry, for the Pendle token, yeah, yeah, these, these LPers, yes. they, you know, they effectively are making this trade. So if you're LPing these pools, you need to understand what you are LPing into and the kind of assets that you are receiving yes. thereof. So they're definitely giving up the delta there. And now I wanted to ask a bit deeper about the VE tokenomics um, regarding how the token, su- the token supply. So I wanted to double click into this flywheel effect here. I have a concern that it may make it really difficult for new pools to get kickstarted and they would have to pay a lot more in terms of VE Pendle bribes because, well, they won't have a lot of volume day one, right? And everybody would want to vote for the pools that they do. So, so are you guys doing any like special bootstrapping and kickstarting for uh, new pools coming in? Okay, so I think to to your point, what the VE33, I wouldn't call it a VE33 model, just partly inspired by the VE33 yeah. model. That actually solves your problem. Where traditionally in Curve, the problem is that the big voters have already voted for their own pools. And if you're a small player, you have no chance of competing because you're trying to buy uh, against this big, this big money. On Pendle, there might be the same situation, but there's a different caveat to it. Instead of just purely just getting your votes on, you can, you can incentivize people to trade on Pendle to get the swap fees out and incentivize people to come and vote. So there's another route instead of fully just bribing your, bribing your way into the ecosystem. But I think what the V, what this, well, I, I was think I use V33 models and I'm relative here, but again, we're not. Um, but the thing this V33 models, what do they solve is that you get to incentivize pools that otherwise would not be incentivized. such as pools that are, are, are high volume. As you can clearly see that, uh, I don't know, in the very big curve pools that are not incentivized by any protocols, the yield is practically zero. Mm-hmm. And feel like that's something that we can solve by uh, attracting more, uh, attracting more liquidity, even more liquidity, even more liquidity there, um, just by by nature having swapies given to V pendle holders and V pendle uh, voters for this for for this pool to increase the incentive there. As yeah. So effectively, you're saying the difference is that in VECRV, the only way for you to actually receive CRV emissions is through bribing, versus in pendle, you actually have an opportunity to earn your way there by having people you know, incentivizing them to trade in whichever way you could. Yes. Okay, that's that's a fair take. That's a yeah. fair take. Um, is there a convex for Pendle? Yes, we have three, well, two slash three. Um, there's PenPy. PenPy. Built yeah. by the MagPy team. Okay. Uh, they're doing RedPy as well for Radiant. Um, it's PenPy and then there's Equilibria. Um, they're both uh, pretty much a convex on top of Pendle. They have the bribing market as well. 
Um, Stake DAO also integrated Pendle, but I don't think they have our assets on Stake DAO at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is a liquid locker. And what activity have you seen in the bribes market? I'm not sure I'm allowed, I'm allowed to disclose this, but uh, if you look on chain, there are quite a few people, people bribing yeah. their own pool. Okay, I can share the reason why people want to bribe. And then I, can, I, can, I guess that kind of like answers my question indirectly that people are actually doing it. So if you have an LP token, right? You can park it on, you can have panel support it and that will deepen your own LP token liquidity. How? So any, so panel takes in yield bearing asset. All assets that are on Pendle are yield-bearing assets. STE, LP tokens, I don't know, Uniswap LP tokens, Unif3 LP tokens, any, anything that generates yield can power to Pendle. Even if you don't have a token, we can stake it for you. And that, well, hypothetical token is like an, L- an LP token. Like for example, you deposit it to a farm in Yearn, for example. Now, um, these LP tokens are supported on Pendle. The deeper your liquidity on Pendle is, means there are more LP, more of your LP tokens in existence, which means if you incentivize your pool on Pendle, people come farming in from external assets like USDC, ETH into your asset, which is an LP token, it deepens, it increases the supply of your LP tokens, which in turn deepen the liquidity of your, I don't know, whatever asset that you have. That extends to your yield-bearing asset if you are an LSD protocol. Um, if you hold, I don't know, uh, Swell ETH, ST ETH, I don't know, any kinds of ETH, um, if you vote for your, if you have incentives there, people start coming in, the supply of your uh, LSDs increase. If you have an LP pool, like for example, the Pendle ETH pool itself, we want to deepen our liquidity. Instead of incentivizing pool two on Pendle ETH, we just take the Pendle ETH on Pendle. We support that LP token, which means if people are looking to speculate on Pendle ETH uh, swaps, they can come here and trade it, which in turn costs, uh, means we have liquidity on Pendle ETH token on Pendle which also flows back down to the Pendle ETH pool on Camelot. I know it's a long say, but uh, it's pretty much any liquidity that flows to Pendle flows back down. Sugar down economics. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it really does because like as, you know, for a PT token slash vanilla token pair to increase, you need more LP tokens to come in just yes. naturally to do so. Yeah. So yeah, I, I get that. So in the history of Pendle, what do you think are some of the most notable moments, you know, the breakout moments for you guys? For us or like using the, for people, for what we see people using the protocol? I'm saying both. For us, I think, uh, okay, I, I, this is very abstract, but I mean, the context of token, token 2049, last year, I was wearing a panel t-shirt, no one knew who we were. Uh, just walking around, hey, we are friend, we'll launch you too soon, blah, yada, yada, and people just talk to you and shake hands and walk away. Yeah. Um, nowadays, I think people start saying hi, which I think is a pretty humbling experience for us. And that I think is, uh, I would say something that's pretty, you know, exhilarating for us. It's, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. I think that this is also, that comes, that comes with like the protocol, um, you know, build, building the protocol and just trying to make, build, build things right. And then start to see things coming alive. And then it feels, you feel rewarded just seeing what you're building come to life and people start appreciating it. So that's one. It's the second part, like people using the protocol. Uh, we're actually surprised. A lot of, I would say, crypto anons are big users of Pendle. I would say big users. They understand a lot about Pendle. In um, Levite the Newsroom, when I chatted with Wen Moon, he was telling you a lot about Pendle. <laughs> And I was really impressed with him knowing, knowing a lot about Pendle. And we started looking for more of these people. And then, oh my God, they're, they're everywhere. 
Yeah, so that's been pretty interesting. Yeah, but I mean, I would say Wen Moon is a unique character. I, I wouldn't say there's a lot of Wen Moons out there. I would think know? so, yeah. So, yeah I, I also got a chance to to meet them, and, and they're, they're quite awesome. Um, but I, so for folks out there listening, if you see Dan from Pendle at a conference, come up and say hi. It makes him feel <laughs> Yeah, it makes him feel good. Okay, it makes him feel good. Um, but how, how about your, man? How about your personal journey with Pendle? What were some of your proudest accomplishments to date? It's just uh, proudest accomplishments. Okay, there's one thing that I'm gonna say proud, but I think it's hard for me. Like, it's very nice for me to uh, think that I, I wouldn't say done it right, but I think the team kind of figured that this is a priority and we think that, okay, that we are right about this being a priority. Is when we're building in a bear in the whole of 2022, your socials doesn't have to make a lot of noise. Ignore the noise, including, a pri- including the price. And that's one thing that we think we did right. But I think one thing that we are kind of proud of is treasuring that few community members that were still there in Pendle. So we we're constantly updating them, constantly you know making sure that they're around, constantly making sure that they're not shunned away by the lack of development. Like we are still building, but this is what's going on. These few community members, like I don't know, Less than, less, than, less than 10 people that we just keep in touch with to make sure they don't leave the community. And now that we are here, they are our biggest supporters in the community everywhere. And I think treasuring these people is something that I've been uh, yeah, very- Biggest fans. Yeah, very, very proud of. Yeah, biggest fans are also just supporting us. And I think we should give something back in return uh, for them by you know just making sure the product, the product is right. And yeah, that's something that I think has been Pretty, pretty good for me, looking back. Speaking of uh, the future of the protocol, what does the roadmap look like for the next 12 months? Any big surprises? Maybe a uh, V3? I Okay, there's, there's nothing concrete that I can share. But I can share a roadmap. A roadmap, I'll say our key focus. Um, on the product side, oh yeah, there's something. There's actually something I can share. On the product side, uh, just constantly improving the product. But um, I think one thing that has been very heavily requested by bigger players is that, hey, I can't trade in big sizes. Because slippage is high, uh, because uh, that's how does the nature of YT? Because such a small portion of such a big uh, asset, right. like your rental position, one hundred thousand rental, but your property is one million dollars. So some big notional value that you're trading there. So people have been saying that oh, they can't provide, they can trade a big amount because you know funds they have minimum ticket size. Uh, so we figured that okay, why don't we create a limit order that can take in, that can settle the transactions off chain and also on chain, like an RFQ, like an RFQ system, yeah. Uh, so that's what we're doing. Uh, that we're launching probably something in Q4 and something that me personally, I would use a lot of handle as well. Um, so yeah, that's something that we are uh, building on the product side. On the growth side, just marketing beyond Twitter. We are focusing a lot on regional marketing as well. Uh, you know, I think pretty much the entire crypto Twitter, almost the entire crypto Twitter knows about handle at this point. And there's no point for us to invest more marketing resources here. We can slow it down and put it somewhere to people that have never heard about us. So there's more the regional side and uh, more the... Uh, retail side, I would say. And the final part is the BD part. I think here is what we are focusing a lot on. So there are a few things that we are uh, looking to grow. First one is looking to grow the PT ecosystem, just getting more PT integrated elsewhere for just increasing the utility of the token. And second, uh, institutions, getting more institutions on board. We recently got a is the guy um, to just help us lead our institutional efforts. That's been pretty good. Just growing more, talking to more institutions, getting to know what they, what they want and just getting them to be onboarded to Pendle. And then finally, growing the Pendle Earn uh, ecosystem. 
this is where um, we're trying to get Pendle Earn on board in centralized parties or like other like OKX wallet, yeah, like other Earn products to you know provide fixed yield for their users. I think there should be a lot of things to play around over there. It's still at a very early phase, I would say. A lot of them are still in the conversational uh, stage. So yeah, but I think there's definitely something we can work on just because of the nature of it being on chain and just higher yields in general. Yeah, and uh, speaking of partnerships earlier, you mentioned were there are there any uh, interest in integrating Deeper with Frax itself? Because Frax always has a ton of products. For sure, here's that we have S Frax ETH on Pendle, right? Sure. Which is one of the most popular traded right. tools right. on Pendle, just because right. S Frax ETH itself has higher yield because how right. you guys split right. um, the the, the, so the, the even higher yeah, yeah the ETH taking yeah. uh, rewards. Yeah, but that's just like a first date, you know? Like yeah, this, this, is, this is the first date. You know, uh, the second date can be. Anything actually. Um, so we're connected with uh, Sam and the Frax team. Uh, so here, here's, here's the thing. Any yield-bearing asset that Frax has can be plugged into Pendle. As long as your assets generate yield or you have a fault or anything that generates yield can be plugged into Pendle. Now it comes like, you know, how do you maximize the impact for uh, our users? Yeah, so does anything that you guys think will be good to be added into Pendle, just let us know. We can have a look into it. And yeah, we could, I mean, any marketing support we should be able to provide. Of course, uh, it's like just you know have this uh, asset listed and get uh, cool marketing support. As Frax. As Frax. As Frax. 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 Right? I got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we're, we're aware. So, and then it's something that we're very interested in. Uh, yeah, as Frax, I think it was projected as like, what, 6 or 10%? Yeah. Yeah, so. 6, 4, 10 high. Yeah, so. I mean, SDI is one of our most popular assets. And yeah. even that, the yield doesn't even fluctuate. There's nothing much for you to yes. yield trade on. But the SREX being of volatile go. assets, yeah. yeah, people are starting to speculate on where the yield's going to go. And I think there's some, something going to be interesting. But yeah, please let us know. Please yeah, yeah. give us a red carpet uh, yeah. for SREX launch and we'll roll it out. Roll it out. Yeah. Dan. We'll, Dan. And we'll, we'll launch it. This is, this is my favorite question of, of always the interview is like, what does success look like for Pendo in the next 12 months? Can I just say an end goal instead of 12 months? Sure. Yeah. If we can tokenize, if, if JP Morgan provides our asset, as if JP Morgan uses us for their interest rate swap products, I would say that's like the end goal. All right, Jamie Diamond, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. And now we are loyal with Dan. Jamie. Yes, yes. Reach out to the boy Dan over here. So now it's time for the lightning round? I think so. I think so. So at the end of these pods, we like to, you know, always ask a couple questions just to get to know the person behind the profile picture. And, you know, the first question I always want to start with is, what was your virgin crypto experience and sex doesn't count? Ha ha ha. Pendle. Yes, I was in traditional finance before. Pendle was my first. What I did was Uniswap. Wow, that was the first thing you did. That, well, I mean, that was when Pendle... Right, way before Panda launched. Right, like, like, touched the this is crypto, and what I what I did was okay. I didn't know what day one. I was like, okay, Uniswap LP. That's what I did. Open a sex account, Uniswap. Same so, Wow. Okay. Wow. You went straight to the chain. Yeah. All right. Straight. Second question: What is your favorite off-chain touch grass activities, activities and hobbies? Photography and videography. Okay. Yeah. Now we, man of the arts. Yeah. Now we know why the educational content for you know Pendo is so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, would be some advice to your younger self. My advice to my younger self: Don't be skeptical about what's trending. I I, I didn't touch crypto at all. 
because I just didn't like the idea. Because I didn't like the idea of digital money. And I never bothered looking into it until I stumbled upon it. Okay, fine, let's look into it. And then I realized, okay, crypto is way bigger than I thought. So I think a lot of skeptics just have never tried it. Mm-hmm. That also applies to uh, I know myself in AI and like any other trending industry. Just don't shun it. Just look at look at it first with an open mind, and then when I can actually form an opinion because I know it, then I think I get to form an opinion. Ah, uh, yes, the doubters always become the biggest believers. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, converse, yeah. right? The, the hardest to convert becomes the har- the, the strongest converted. That's my you know. Yeah, 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 and then. Uh, Final question from me, and the Dave has a closing one. But if you weren't in TradFi, weren't in crypto, what would your professional career path be? If you work in TradFi, and no, if you, were, if you were not working in TradFi, were not working in crypto or tech, what would your career path be? Damn, those are the three heels I would die in. <laughs> but um, oof. Uh, this might, might be ironic that I'm in a flywheel, but I'm very interested in the creator economy. The creator economy is something that I'm, well, I mean, I mean, it ties well into my photography and videography yeah. um, hobby, but the creator economy is something that I'm very, very passionate in. Just, but I'm just a casual observer. But it's definitely something I can do. I don't know, ma- managing creators um, or being a creator myself. Yeah, it's a lot for me to do there. But okay. yeah, there's something that I'm Wait, quick, quick question. So what kind of photography and videography? What are you shooting? I do landscape videography. I, I'm pretty new to videography, but I do landscape photography. Mostly. But um, I've been shooting a lot of different things since COVID because I can't go out and shoot landscape. Right, right. Cool. Yeah. Um, who do you think should be the next guest on Flywheel? Who would you recommend to come on? Oh, let me, th- let me, let me think about it. Maybe I can offer some curveballs. Yes, think about it. Think about you it. Say? Yeah. There's <laughs> a big responsibility because it usually right. happens. I would really be interested if you can get one of the one of the old big faces in crypto. Your Suzu, your Kyle, your uh ones. Maybe Crypto Dog. Sure. Just oh. one of because one of them uh be on board the podcast and let them share their thoughts from their perspective. I think it's something I would really be interested in. Forget Kyle Davies on. Okay. Okay. All right. Guess uh, that's a good one. And uh, Dave, I think we should definitely cut it off right there. But um, would you mind uh, signing us out? Sure thing. Uh, but before we go, where can people find you and Pendo on socials? Uh, you can get me on Twitter on D Dangle Dan, funny name, uh, or our Discord. I'm most active in uh, in our Discord. Yeah, and we're most av- active on Telegram. So make sure you join Flywheel DeFi on Telegram. Join us on Twitter too at Flywheel DeFi. We have a TikTok. We're with the Zoomers. At, yep. Yep. Yep at Flywheel DeFi. Um, make sure you go to that bell button, hit it, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us a comment. Let us know what you think. Give us a like. You can follow me on Twitter at DeFiDave22. You can follow me at 0S capital underscore K and make sure you buy our friend tech shares. Plug that there too. Yes, buy our friend. Yeah, you want to hear Creator Economy? We have our friend tech where we have exclusive show notes in detail so if you want all the alpha and then some make sure you unlock a key on friendtech subscribe to us on our website 50defi.com and that's it this is flywheel we'll see you next week everything said on this episode is not financial or tax advice this channel is strictly for educational purposes and it's not in investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any assets or to make any financial decisions This video is not tax advice whatsoever. Please talk to your accountant and do your own research.